Hello and welcome to our Almost Daily Devotional. We are finishing up chapter 23 um, and then we'll move on uh, to finish the rest of Acts this week and well, then we'll move on to talking about what hope looks like next week. Um, but today we're going to hear a little story about Paul and in my Bible is called A Murder Plot Discovered. Ooh, very dramatic. <laughs> and here it goes. The next morning, some leaders, some religious leaders formulated a plot and solemnly promised they wouldn't eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 people were involved in the conspiracy. Paul's sister had a son who heard about the ambush, and he came to the military headquarters and reported it to Paul. Paul called for one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander because he has something to report to him. He took him to the commander and said, The prisoner Paul asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say. The commander took him by the hand and withdrew to a place where he could speak privately. He asked, What do you have to report to me? The commander later dismissed the young man, ordering him, Don't tell anyone that you brought this to my attention. The commander called two centurions and said, Prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to leave for Caesarea at 9 o'clock tonight. Have horses ready for Paul to ride so they may take him safely to Governor Felix. Following their orders, the soldiers took Paul during the night and brought him to Antipatris. The following day, they let the horsemen continue on with Paul while they returned to the military headquarters in Jerusalem. After he read the letter, he asked Paul about his home province. When he learned that he was from Cilicia, the governor said, I will hear your case when your accusers arrive. Then he ordered that Paul be kept in custody in Herod's palace. It's an interesting chapter. One, we don't think about Paul having a sister. I don't know what your image of Paul is uh, in your mind, but my image of Paul is as a fully grown 40 year old man with gray beard and hair, you know, and kind of grizzly looking and <laughs> not a very nice guy, you know. And so it's interesting to think about Paul having a sister or Paul having any family, but certainly he did. It would be very unusual in the in that time period for someone to not have a brother or a sister. And of course, those brothers and sisters had nieces and nephews and, um, you know, a family. So Paul wasn't just affecting his travels, his testimony, his witness didn't just affect him. When he was in prison, it didn't just affect his life, but also the life of all of those who loved and cared for him, all of those who were his family members. Now, it's interesting here that the religious authorities had gathered a mob to kill Paul. Now, Paul had been involved in several of these mobs. Remember, we meet Paul at the stoning of Stephen, which is very much the same thing, very much the same story as uh, this one. Except this time, Paul's on the other end of the other end of the mob. He ga they gathered a mob that swore to fast until until they killed him, until they completed their mission. This doesn't sound very religious to Christians, right? We don't form mobs. We don't form mobs and kill people. Or we're not supposed to anyway. Paul's brother, son, nephew, <laughs> Paul's nephew goes to the governor, to the, um, to the head of the guard and says, you know, these people are going to kill Paul. He's a Roman citizen. You've promised to protect him. And the state goes out of its way. It spends, I mean, 
that's a ridiculous number of people. 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, 200 spearmen to guard Paul on the way to Caesarea. That's a ridiculous expense just to guard one person who's going to end up, who's just going to jail anyway. So why? It's because the state, Rome, doesn't want to give the religious authorities the right to upheaval, to create mob violence. So it's, it's interesting that Paul learns not to trust the governor. He knows the governor's response is not going to be positive. But he has to put his life in his hands until because to protect himself from the religious authorities. See how it's a catch-22? But it makes a lot more sense when we realize that Paul talks about being in the world but not of the world. That ultimately our highest authority is to God. Our highest responsibility is to God and to our faith. And we respect the religious authorities. We respect the civil authorities until they ask us to do something that goes beyond the tenets of what Christians should be doing. And Christians are called, first of all, to acts of compassion, to care for the least among us, and to spreading the gospel. And so if your religious authority or your civil authority is asking you to do something that's against that, you really need to stop and think about whose authority we should respect first. It's a difficult challenge. It's a difficult path to walk at times. But it's one we're often asked to have to choose. God bless.